Welcome to Conversations, a podcast featuring conversations about life, theology, scripture, church, and everything in between. Hosted by Genesis Church in Mexico, Missouri. Find out more at www.genesisbegins.com. All right, welcome to another uh, podcast with Conversations with Genesis Church, and um, I'm Jeff Stott. I'm the pastor at at Genesis Church uh, in Mexico, Missouri, and I'm with Billy Johnson, and he is one of the elders at the church. He's also a public safety officer that does double duty. He's a police officer and a fire, fire fireman. Fireman or firefighter, that works. Firefighter. Yeah, okay, yes. there you go. Yes. And so, uh, <laughs> yeah, okay. you know, because all the words are changing in our culture today. You know what Well, I'm and they're very important. You know, the, 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 the difference between fireman and firefighter, firefighter just sounds tougher and, and, and more extreme. You know, no, you're right. Firefighter. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, you know, we'll go with firefighter. There you okay. go. Yeah. Uh, and um, so, uh, we Billy and I just finished a three-part series of a podcast on anxiety and crisis events uh, and crisis seasons, and we gave some biblical advice and uh, practical advice of, of how to manage anxiety when things fall apart in your life, like uh, if you lose your job, um, if uh, uh, you know if you get terminally ill or your spouse gets very sick or, or there's a game or there's a death, a divorce, you know, things of that. And it's just when a crisis event hits, um, you know, what do you do? How do you handle it? <clears throat> and so, uh, and in that series, we talked about some stuff I was going through and, uh, been going through and still going through and uh, hopefully it'll be encouraging to you and, uh, and insightful to you. And we tried to take it and apply it to the scripture and, and just, you know, how do Christians handle this? Um, also, um, there's a, a, I have a blog site called truthappliedjs.com and I want to recommend an article called easily offended. I wrote it sometime back, but, uh, in the article, I answer three questions. What does being offended mean? And why are people easily offended? Specifically, why are you easily offended? And why does the person say you live with or work with? Why do they get easily offended? And how can I manage my emotions when uh, I'm offended? And so we take a, I take a, a biblical look at that. So if you go to the website, truthapplyjs.com, uh, go to the category, uh, then just go down to uh, emotional discipleship, and, and you'll see it in there somewhere. And you'll see some others, but I want to recommend easily offended on that one. Uh, but today we are going to be talking about cognitive dissonance and how that applies to followers of Jesus and um, taking a look at what the Bible says about this. And uh, now this will be a, this will be another two to three part series. And, and you'll see why as we get into this <clears throat> and uh, all right. So cognitive dissonance is not a phrase that we, that comes up at, in family discussions very often. <laughs> okay. Or at work or at school or, you know, unless you're like a counselor or something or a psychologist, or you're listening to this podcast, you're not going to throw out, you know, I'm really struggling with cognitive dissonance right now. That's just not going to come out of your mouth. You know what I'm saying? So, um, so what are we talking about? Well, let me just give a brief introduction and then we're going to dive into it. 
Okay, so <clears throat> cognitive dissonance is this. Um, let's say you believe that you are an honest person. That's your belief, you know, and you believe in honesty, that you don't lie, you know, or that others shouldn't lie, you know, and you're not going to tell a lie. Uh, and, and, you, and that's a value you have. It's a conviction you have. And, um, you know, uh, and so you have this belief. Then uh, something happens and you lie to your children around Christmas time, around Easter, you know, or you lie to your spouse about something or you lie to your boss. And I'm not talking big lies. I'm just talking to you lie. And then you feel bad about it. So <clears throat> you feel convicted or, you know, and, and so when we're talking about cognitive dissonance, we're talking about the gap between what you say you believe and what you actually believe and how you behave. So you believe in honesty, but yet you tell a lie. All right. That's cognitive dissonance. That gap is cognitive dissonance between what you believe and your behavior. And then that produces some type of emotional discomfort, like conviction or shame or embarrassment or something of that nature. And so, <clears throat> so when we're talking about cognitive dissonance, that's what we're talking about. So as Christians, you know, there is a, there's a lot of cognitive dissonance that goes on with Christians about, you know, reading the Bible, going to church, you know, prayer. I mean, you know, telling people about Jesus. I mean, all, and we'll get into all of this, and uh, and about sexual purity and a whole bunch of other stuff. And so uh, we're gonna we're gonna just dive into this thing and talk about what we believe, how we behave, and some other things that go with contradicting our belief, and the and what to do with the emotional discomfort uh, or the emotional conflict as Christians. How do we how do we close that gap? All right, so now, Billy, so before we get into uh, some of these uh, observations and points that we're, we're going to be talking about, uh, anything you want to say before we get started? Well, so I was, <clears throat> so first of all, thanks for having me back on the podcast. I always appreciate the opportunity to get on here and discuss the things and the goings on that, uh, that we get an opportunity to discuss, but while you were kind of explaining what cognitive dissonance is, I couldn't help but think of the of the word hypocrite, you know, and 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 how so many times in my life and the lives of other Christians that I've talked to that they run into these types of scenarios and they'll say something like and I've said something like, man, I'm such a hypocrite in this spot. And so uh, I, I, I know that uh, my thought uh, you know, about that subject and, and how I'm hypocritical in different parts of my life, it is actually a little bit reassuring because it might be a case of cognitive dissonance versus hypocrisy. So uh, my hope is, is that, um, you know, sometime during this podcast, you can kind of explain uh, to the listeners the difference between those two things. Well, okay, I'll just do it now. Uh, so <clears throat> let's talk about hypocrisy because cognitive dissonance and hypocrisy, I mean, they do sound similar. Okay. Well, you believe this, but you do that. You know what I'm saying? It's contrary, you know? And so you say, you know, you believe in reading the Bible, you know, and you think the Bible's important, but you don't read it. Well, you're a hypocrite. Okay. That's, that's kind of how people go about this. Well, okay. All right. So, okay. Let's talk about cognitive dissonance versus hypocrisy. All right. So let's say I ask you, do you value the Bible as God's word? And you say, yes, the Bible's God's word as Christians, we should read it. It you know, has all authority over our lives. It's important. And then I ask, do you read the Bible daily or at least every other day? 
And you said, no, but, but I need to be faithful and I need to make myself read it more often. All right. See, now that is cognitive dissonance, but not hypocrisy. And I'll tell you why, because hypocrisy is pretending and that's important. Hypocrisy is pretending you are something you're not. So if I were to ask uh, the hypocrite, uh, do you value the Bible as God's word? They say, oh yeah, I value, I value the Bible as God's word. And I think we should read it. Uh, has, has all authority over our lives. It's inspired by God, you know? And, and, and I said, well, do you read it? Yes. The hypocrite would say, yeah, I read it every day and uh, I'm faithful to read it. I don't skip it at all. I'm committed to reading the word of God, studying the word of God. But in reality, he's not reading it. He doesn't study the word of God. You know, he's pretending to be something he's not, he's not. So here's the deal by the very fact that you admit that your belief and your behavior does not match disqualify disqualifies you as a hypocrite because a hypocrite would not admit that because he's going to pretend he's something he's not sure. Okay. Sure. So, uh, uh, and, and I know that, you know, when we're talking about hypocrisy in the church, you know, all the church is full of hypocrites. Well, that is true too, because there are people who pretend to be something they're not. I mean, they just are. No you doubt. Know, even if you ask them, they're going to pretend. But in reality, I find that um, I run into more people who think they're hypocrites when they're really not. And see, and though this is interesting, uh, when we're talking about cognitive dissonance, what if you believe you're a hypocrite? when you're when you're really not and, but but you believe you're a hypocrite that produces emotional discomfort so now we got to change that belief anyway we'll get into that later and uh because there are some bad beliefs that we have that we affects our cognitive dissonance and stuff so all right now let me back up okay so we're talking about cognitive dissonance uh now a couple of just general observations as we go through this first of all cognitive dissonance addresses your integrity so as a Christian, you want to be a person of integrity. Integrity means uh, to be undivided. When, when your values and behaviors are divided, you lose integrity. Integrity says that your values and behaviors agree with one another. So God uses cognitive dissonance to bring what you value and your behavior together, creating integrity in your life. So... So God rejoices when he finds integrity in the hearts of his people. So when you have integrity, what's going to do is it's going to produce hope. It's going to produce some kind of safety for you because you're honest. You get your personal integrity. You are who you say you are. You are what you believe. And as you work on your cognitive dissonance, you are working on your integrity, which means you are working on bringing more hope and more joy and more peace in your life. So, um, really, um, cognitive dissonance, working on it, bring, closing that gap between what you believe and how you behave. When that gets, when those uh, get married, if you will, it's going to produce the child of like that we call hope and peace and joy and all that kind of stuff. And, and you'll feel a lot less anxious. Uh, now, Billy, you can jump in anytime you want. Cause you know, I, I said, I think I said every podcast, I got the gift of gab. So I, I, uh, well, and, and I appreciate that I've, I'm sitting here and I, I'm kind of listening to what, you know, to what you're saying. And, and you mentioned that God uses cognitive dissonance. Now, could it be 
could that also be described as like a guilty conscience or or something like that? You know, so as I'm as I'm, you know, kind of evaluating some of my own behaviors and that kind of nasty feeling that I get in my stomach, would you would you agree that that is that is that guilty conscious or whatever that is, that is God using cognitive dissonance to, to indicate an area in my life that I need to work on. Anytime anybody says I feel convicted, I feel guilty. I'm embarrassed. I'm ashamed of something that they have done. They are talking cognitive dissonance language. You know, and I just can't help but think, about the amount of grace that God has built into that, you know, cause here we are feeling down on ourselves. Uh, we're feeling bad. And what we really need to be focused on is, is the fact that we're feeling that way means God's working in our lives and helping point us in the right direction. Oh, you know, absolutely. There, there, there's actually a lot of joy and peace that comes in a time where you're kind of feeling insecure about yourself or feeling bad about maybe some right. behaviors that you've exhibited. Yeah. Um, because one, one of the causes of, okay. Anxiety, one of the causes of anxiety is this cognitive dissonance. And when I say anxiety, anxiety is a very small word that covers a large territory. Okay. So mm -hmm. the conviction, guilt, shame, embarrassment, confusion, frustration, anger, that's all anxiety words and cognitive distance will cause that but but here's the thing cognitive distance is like the railroad crossing lights going off and letting you know there may be danger approaching so so here in mexico missouri there's a road i go over all the time and it's got railroad tracks okay and um uh and when i when i approach it if it's if there's a train coming that thing will start ding 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 you know what i'm saying those bars yeah. lower what's those bars called again uh, uh i just call them crossing arms crossing arm we'll call that the crossing yeah. arms will, will lower and uh now here's the thing there are times those things will lower and I, i'm like the first car and i'm looking to the left and I'm looking to the right now the rail track sort of curves you know what i'm saying you can't see like all the way so and i'm going I, I don't, I'm looking left, right. And I don't see, I don't see a train, but this ding, 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 this, you know, alarm going off is telling me there's danger approaching and I need to stop. So sure. here's the thing. That's what cognitive distance, dissonance does. It is this railroad crossing that goes ding, 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 saying, Hey, 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 okay. You're, 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 you're out of alignment here. There's something dangerous here. You believe this but you're not behaving based on your value, based on your belief. And then that emotional discomfort, that guilt or shame or whatever it kicks in. And so that's that light going off. And, and that's where God says that's that guilty conscience you're talking about. And, uh, or the conviction, what we sometimes, what we would call the conviction of the Holy Spirit, which that is it got I mean, The Holy Spirit uses cognitive dissonance to convict us. The Holy Spirit's working in us saying, okay, Hey, you know, what is, Let's evaluate what's going on here. You know what I'm saying? So Why me, are you doing this? You know, yeah. Let me ask you. So, um, <clears throat> so let's say something is going on in our lives and, and those railroad arms come down. Mm -hmm. um, at what point 
does cognitive dissonance turn into hypocrisy? Is this one of those things where if you ignore those warnings long enough that you can kind of move into the area of hypocrisy? Oh yeah. There's a, the Bible talks about self-deception. Mm -hmm. And so there, I think there are times where we just convince ourselves, um, to believe something about us that's not true or will. So it, it, we can, we can start rationalizing. Okay. Later on in another podcast, we'll get into the causes of cognitive dissonance okay. or, or the reaction to it. So okay. one of the reaction is just to justify it. Sure. You know, you know, uh, well, yeah, I know I believe this, but it's okay to lie to my spouse because of, or at least I don't lie about this. So I, there's really not a problem here. You see what I'm saying? And then we get, and then we get into the realm where we no longer feel bad or feel right. guilty. And then that's when cognitive dissonance kind of transforms or your lack of paying attention to it kind of transforms into hypocrisy. Yeah. And even beyond that, because now it, it goes into hypocrisy. Well, did you lie to your spouse? No, no, I didn't lie to my spouse at all. Yeah. Well, because you don't feel guilty about it. You don't think you lied because you, you felt like, well, I had to lie. You know sure. what I'm saying? Sure. The peace or whatever, you know, that kind of thing. Tell and yourself so, something long enough and you begin to believe it. Right. And then eventually what happens is it moves into the next level. And what happens is you literally do not see yourself as a liar at all. Sure. Because you have redefined your belief and you've redefined what lying is. And so now you, you know, but however you, it's, you know, you become a situational liar and now that lie is not a lie, but this lie over here is, I mean, it gets very complicated sure, because our minds are complicated that way. Hmm. So, uh, yeah. And, and, you know, we can start ignoring it. We just ignore the blinking red lights, um, you know, or reject it altogether. And we just go a different direction, you know, uh, turn around, go around, <laughs> you know, go the long way around, you know, sure. but, uh, uh, yeah, cognitive dissonance is, is complicated. And, and I think Christians struggle with it a lot more than they realize, you know, they just don't pay attention to here's what I believe. Here's what I say and behave as I'll behave, you know, and, uh, you know, cause you know, they believe they are an outstanding worker, an employee, but yet they show up late. They leave early. They take longer breaks. They goof off. You see what's happening? Absolutely you, see what's yeah. happening. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? And if somebody were to challenge them, they say, well, I've been working here for 10 years. I mean, you know, I'm faithful. Well, I don't know. That's not what I'm saying. Right. Right. <laughs> you know, we're talking to, you know, we're talking about a work ethic. The Bible says work as unto the Lord, you know, no matter what you do. And, uh, if you go to work, you know, are you working, you, you working for the glory of God or are you just clocking in, clocking out, getting a paycheck and moving on. Well, okay. You see what I'm saying here? Yes. But you absolutely. have a value. You have a value of, uh, you know, a hard worker. I'm, I'm a, you know, I'm gonna, you know, put in eight hours a day or 12 hours a day. You know? All right. So, all right. But however, cognitive, cognitive distance is a gift from God. I mean, he's going to use it in your life, uh, to help reconcile some issues in your life. You know, some, some, you have some beliefs that are good, uh, and, your behavior doesn't match that, you know? And so he's going to, he's going to use that. Also, we've already mentioned this as well. Cognitive distance impacts your relationships. 
Uh, remember, we were talking about integrity. Cognitive distance deals with integrity. So uh, in Psalm 101, verse 2, David wrote this. He says, I will lead a life of integrity in my own home. So I do think it's important that as Christians, your spouse, your children, your grandchildren need to see that you are who you say you are. You are what you believe. And when your behavior does not match your belief, that they need to see and hear you acknowledge that either in some form of saying, forgive me, I'm sorry. You know what I'm saying? And this is a struggle I have. I mean, just admit it. You know, the Bible talks about confessing to one another. And I think there are times where we need to do that. Well, and I, and I can say from a, just from a personal standpoint, you know, there were times in my life with my wife and children that, you know, um, you know, I, I always felt like, you know, a good father, good husband, loved my kids. And, and, you know, my version of love and what they perceived as love were, were a couple of different things. And I think that uh, I think that that caused them some confusion. But as I've matured, you know, in my walk with Christ and, um, you know, as he's worked on several things in my life, my children and my wife have begun to see the real version of me and it has impacted my relationships with them just immensely. I mean, you know, I will say that that guilty conscious, that cognitive dissonance that God uses in our lives, if you do listen to it, you will see the fruits of that labor show themselves. And, and, you know, and I could say personally, like I said, my relationships within the household have improved tenfold as I begin to listen more to God and to utilize his warnings and make those adjustments as I was kind of moving forward. Absolutely. I mean, think about it, you know, so you have a parent who, who smokes. Okay. Let's just say that. All right. They have children. They say, all right, look, I don't want you smoking. That's bad for your health, blah, 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 blah. But they go out and light up a cigarette. Yeah, the parent goes out. Are they holding the cigarette smoking sure. while they're saying this? And so the same thing with drinking or whatever. And, uh, you know, the same thing with parents who uh, who live with someone outside of marriage. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but yet they have kids, but they don't want their kids doing that. But yet here they have. They have a partner in the house. You know what I'm saying? Sure. They're not married to. You know, so, you know, the sex outside of marriage and all that kind of stuff. And so, but yet they say, look, I don't want you to do that but yet you're doing it. And so the child says, but mom, dad, you, 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 you smoke, you drink, you do this. And, uh, uh, well, as soon as the parent, as soon as the kid says that normally the parent struggles with cognitive dissonance. Absolutely. <laughs> you know? Absolutely. You know? Here's a value I have, you know, uh, and I'm trying to pass it on to my kids, but my behavior does not go with the value I have. All right, let's bring it down a little bit. Um, you know, it's like, uh, again, we're talking about how cognitive dissonance, you know, impacts your relationships. So positive and negative. Um, when you, uh, believe that church is important and you tell your kids, let's go to church, it's important. And you go once a month, every other month, four or five times a year, you know, and, but your kids say, 
on the mornings that for some reason you decided to go to church and you're waking up the kids early. They say, come on, kids, we're going to go to church. And well, why? We never go. Well, it's important. You know, we need to go to, you know, we got to, we got to get our act together. Sure. <laughs> you know, and, and you start talking. I might've said that more than one time yeah, yeah. in the past. So, yeah. So, and, 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 you know, but you're saying, and you actually do believe that going to church makes your family better and having this time where you just go hear God's word, even just once a week. Um, but you don't go and, but you're trying to pass that value on to your kids. And, uh, the, there's going to be that cognitive dissonance, you know, it's like, okay, well, you say it's important you believe it's important, but you don't go and your kids see it. And, and that's where your kids say, dad, you're a hypocrite. Well, yeah. And that, and that impacts every part of your relationship with your children. It's just, you know, it's, it's like say and do the same thing, be consistent with that, you know, that cognitive dissonance, whenever you're not consistent and you begin to feel that guilt or that shame or whatever it is, you know, that comes along with that, utilize that as a tool, because I'm telling you, not only will it make you more consistent outside of your home, but it will make your children and your wife and your spouse, you know, whoever it is, uh, it will make them, it will grow your relationships with them too. When they start seeing the words that come out of your mouth, be consistent with your behavior, all of a sudden there's more trust. You know, there's, there's, there's more, I, I don't know, more respect that all these things that we desire in our homes and in our personal relationships, those things can be achieved by just being consistent and doing the things that we say we believe in. Yeah. When you, correctly deal with the cognitive dissonance, the gap between what you believe, how you behave. When you deal with that correctly, you become more dependable in your family, more faithful, more trustworthy, more reliable, more steady. You become a more complete person. And that's what your spouse needs. That's what your kids need. That's what your children need. And that's what other people in your life need. They need to see that in every single believer. And, yeah. yeah. And I, I want to say for the listener too, you know, make no mistake. It is, it is absolutely easy to sit here and talk about the things that we know we need to do. You <laughs> yeah. know, I, I just want to say for the listener that's going, yes, I feel that just know this each and every day. It's a grind each and every day I get up and I try to write the ship, but then I, I run it off course. And then I, you know, you, you start getting that feeling. So I try to write the ship. So make no mistake. It is a daily chore. It is, it is dying to yourself daily that, that helps you get there. And none of us to include me and even you, Jeff, I'll speak for you. None of us are perfect at this. So I just want to give the the listeners a little break there, you know, and just help them understand that, Hey, look, it is easy for me to get on this podcast and have a conversation about this because this is absolute truth here, right? It is difficult in application, you know, and, and yep. that's, that's why we need other Christians and, and things in our lives to help us with that, that application portion. Yeah. You know, um, just because you know, we're talking about it as if we know about it. <laughs> sure. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, you know, it's that whole, uh, what's that saying? You know, physician heal yourself. You yes. Know, kind of thing. Yeah. So we, you know, we are a work in progress and as I'm going through this, you know, I'm thinking stuff in my life, I'm thinking, man, you know, I really, I got, I got some cognitive dissonance work I need to do. Absolutely. You know? I've got, I've got quite a list 
of things I'm working on all the yeah. time. Well, I mean, case in point. Okay, so uh, all right, I'll, I'll just I want to be transparent here. Sure. Here's an area of cognitive dissonance I struggle with, and that is I believe. I should, I mean, I believe I should exercise. <laughs> sure. And, and eat healthy. Okay. Yes. And now with that said, I used to exercise, used to eat healthier, you know, and, uh, and used to be 80 pounds lighter. Okay. So for me to get back to where I need to be, I've got to lose about 80 pounds. I mean, that is a, that's, that's a 80, that's a big child. I got to lose a big child. <laughs> that's a big child. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, Depending uh, on its I, age, of course. Yeah. Right. So, yes. uh, I am on a daily basis. I'm thinking, man, I shouldn't eat that. I shouldn't sure. eat as much as that. Or I need to go walking. I need to get back to the gym, whatever. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, so, but that is cognitive dissonance, you know? Well, because you're being transparent. So here is the thing I'll, I'll, I'll make this quick. So that way we can get back on subject, but just an area in my <laughs> life of cognitive dissonance. So, uh, here recently, I, uh, my wife and I, we, we purchased a new TV and I like to turn it on of an evening, right. Uh, in, in the bedroom, it's in the bedroom. Well, I didn't realize this, but it comes with some free channels. And I, I, I discovered this the other day and I was going through and man, they've got this Bob Ross 24 hours a day, seven days a week. <laughs> along there right and all so right. so i watched bob and so first of all bob is just uh incredible he's just he was an incredible human right or at least my perception is you know but he'll get on there and he'll make his happy little clouds and his beautiful trees and all these things and i there was this moment where i'm watching what he's doing and i'm thinking i can do that too right and so the reality is is i have this belief that I can paint like Bob Ross. So then you go out and you buy up all the stuff and you go into your office and you kick on Bob Ross and you get started. And then you've just got a mess. It's just a mess on the canvas, right? So now my belief and the reality of it are in conflict with one another. So I don't know if I need to change my beliefs <laughs> or, 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 or if I just need to practice or what's going on. But here's the thing. I, uh, there are many things that I know well, so, you know, there, you, you talked about the working out. There are many things uh, that I know I should do that I that when I don't do them, I feel guilty about them. You know, and the truth is, is that uh, I just need to listen to that voice inside of me that's urging me to go and, and improve myself in whatever facet of life that we're talking about. But, yeah, I need to do better at that, too. So the, while we're kind of talking about this, I am I'm making mental notes of, of different areas of my life I need to improve. Yeah. And, and we're going to, uh, over the next two or three podcasts, we're, man, we're going to talk about tons of examples Sure, and, you know, we're going to give some today, obviously, which we already have, but in, in the future, like, I think the next podcast, we're actually going to get in some that are a little bit more weightier and more serious Sure, and what do we do with them? But, uh, uh, but they're everywhere, you know, Absolutely. and, and, and this, this gap between what we believe and, um, how we behave and uh but jesus is the perfect example of how to close that gap he lived exactly what he believed no okay. doubt right and so uh his words matched his belief his actions matched his belief i mean he was boom that's where we want to be okay let's uh let's see here all right so what we're going to do now 
we sort of introduced the cognitive dissonance, but now we're going to sort of dissect it a little bit. We're going to put the frog on the table. We're going to dissect it. <laughs> All, okay. right. All, All right. right. All right. All right. So let's start with the definition. Um, if you were going to define it, it, we could define it like this. Cognitive dissonance is the emotional conflict you experience when what you believe or value contradicts what you do or experience. All right. So cognitive dissonance has three main parts as a belief, something that contradicts or appears to contradict that belief, which produces some type of emotional discomfort. So in a nutshell, three parts are belief, contradiction, and emotional discomfort. That's what we got. Belief, contradiction, emotional discomfort. So here's what we're going to do <clears throat> for the rest of the podcast. We're just going to break those uh, three elements, those three parts down and just think about what we're talking about. Um, and then we're going to come back next time and we're going to put it in some scenarios and real life situations. So, all right, well, let's talk about belief. Remember, we're talking about the three parts of cognitive dissonance, belief, contradiction and emotional discomfort. So let's talk about belief. All right. So a belief is something that you are convinced is true or that exists. This belief can be described as a value that you hold or conviction that you have. Now I do want to say this, this belief, I'm not, I'm not challenging whether the belief is right or wrong. You might have some bad beliefs and we'll talk about that later, but you may have some bad beliefs and the belief needs to change. Okay. Sure. But right. But right now we're just going to deal with, you have a belief about something. You have a value of conviction, you know, a strong opinion about something. And we're just going to run with what you believe and not evaluate whether that belief needs to change or not. Um, so now for Christians, for followers of Jesus, we have a lot of beliefs. Okay. So, um, and it'd be, I think a good exercise for Christians would be to write down, what do I believe? What do I actually believe? And I think one of the ways you can find out what you really believe is when um, one of your beliefs is challenged in some way. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You're like, oh, you'll, yeah. you'll get mad about it. You get irritated, you know, about something, you know. Uh, all right, but here's some general ones, okay? I believe the Bible is God's word and Christians should read it and study it. Now we've already mentioned that. So there, that's a belief that Christians have. Um, another one would be, I'm convinced that worshiping with other believers is a significant part of the Christian life and being a part of the local church should be a priority. There are Christians who believe that. Uh, and which they should, I'm not saying that we're, I'm not making fun of them. I'm, I'm saying that no, these are good beliefs. I think you should have. Uh, Christians, uh, you might have a belief that Christians should be sexually pure and avoid sex outside of marriage. All right. And, uh, and another belief would be Christians should be honest with themselves, others and God. All right. So Billy, let me ask you a question. Rattle out some beliefs that you, that just come to your mind that Christians generally have and should have. So first of all, the, the list of things that you, that you provided, I think are very good. Um, I, I do think that, uh, Christians, well, I was going to say should be honest, but obviously you've mentioned that, uh, Christians should be, uh, considerate of other people. They should be consistent, uh, in, 
doing the things they say they're going to do. Um, they should be hard workers. Uh, yeah, so there, there are several um, that that pop right into my head, but I would say that, uh, yeah, the list that you provided is, is pretty good, but yeah, honest, hardworking, consistent, those types of things. Yeah. And you know, and this is where it can get endless. Okay. Oh, no doubt. All right. So, you know, when we're talking about beliefs, it can, it can be about creation, the return of Jesus, work ethic, time management, house cleaning, belief about raising children in some way or some fashion, you know, worship styles and so on, you know? And so, uh, so you start with something you believe. Okay. That's, that's what cognitive dissonance is going to start with some conviction you have, some belief you have. Then uh, what'll happen is something contradicts that belief. Now that remember we're talking about the three elements of cognitive dissonance. The first one is belief. Now we're talking about contradiction. So a contradiction refers to four things. There's four things that can contradict what you believe. Your personal behavior, uh, something you experience, new information, or another belief you have that contradicts the original belief you have. So, uh, let me give some brief examples again at the next podcast, we are going to dive into all of this. And so, <clears throat> all right, you've got a belief and now a behavior in your life contradicts that belief. Now we'll go back to honesty. So let's say you believe being honest is important and you believe you are an honest person, but you tell your children, your spouse, your boss, a lie, whatever your behavior contradicts what you believe. I think that's easy to understand. I think most people get that one. Yeah, okay. I, I agree. Right. Okay. Uh, and the second one is a little bit more difficult because, okay, you, you believe something and, but your experiences don't match up with what you believe. For example, let's say you believe in the power of prayer and God's healing power. And let's say you have a child who gets is diagnosed with a terminal illness. You start praying, you start fasting, you get other people to pray, church prays. I mean, people are laying your child at the altar of God. You are reading scripture. You're memorizing scripture. You're praying scripture regarding the healing power of God. And three months later, your child dies. Hmm. You believe in prayer and in the power of God's healing might, but your experience does not match up with what you believe. Now, that's going to produce some confusion, that emotional discomfort. You know, it's going to maybe some people might get angry at God, you know, uh, doubt. Maybe even self-condemnation. Maybe you'll start thinking, well, I didn't pray right. I didn't pray enough. You know, whatever. Did my child die because of some sin in my life? Is God punished me? All these weird thoughts start coming in your mind. So this is all cognitive dissonance. You know, and I can't help. I, I'm sorry to cut you off. I can't oh, help man. but think about the experiences 
you know, with as broken as the world is today, every single time that we walk out of our door, those experiences exist. You know, our, our thoughts about God and, and, and being a loving God and what his roles and responsibilities and what he should or shouldn't be doing. And, and all of these things, we begin to think about that and we begin to look at the world and just how broken it is. So it, it, it does not surprise me at all that as we walk out into this broken world, that our experiences are different than our expectations. Uh, and, and I, I do think a lot of Christians struggle in that very specific area of, of what we're talking about, you know, because just the world in general and some of the terrible things that go on, you know, like I said, what we experience and what we expect to experience oftentimes are two different things or, or, and, and I don't know, maybe that's, maybe, maybe our expectations are wrong. Maybe our understanding of, of God's plan is wrong, but it still creates that emotional discomfort, no matter what, what is off about it, that, that emotional discomfort I think, uh, from our experiences, I think a lot of Christians feel that on a regular basis. Yeah. I mean, think about it, uh, talking about, you have a belief and the experiences don't match the belief, you know, you believe in God's protective hand that he Mm -hmm. protects his people. You read scriptures, God protects his people. Uh, but then you have the Christian wife who's praying for God's protection from a very physically abusive husband. Sure. You see now, yeah. Well, you know, that's going to create some cognitive dissonance. You know, I believe this, but my, but God's not protecting me from my husband. You know, uh, same thing with the child who's being sexually abused, who believes, you know, and prays God don't let so-and-so do this to me, but sure. yet so-and-so walks in that night and does it. And so there, that's going to be cognitive dissonance. Ser- well, you know, it- so, Yeah. Well, we've got, you know, we've got Christians being persecuted in this world. You know, we, we talk about God protecting his people and we've got Christians right. being persecuted right. and, and murdered and all that stuff. So yeah, the experiences and the things we see as Christians, uh, the, and I am using air quotes here, the contradictions of, of what we experience and what we expect to experience causes a lot of emotional discomfort, I think amongst Christians. Yeah. So, and that's what this podcast is about because this is kind of stuff I don't have time to unpack on Sunday mornings Sure. <laughs> because it's, you, you see how it can get dark quick. Absolutely. When, when we get into the, 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 the real world scenarios of here's what I believe is a Christian, but I'm experiencing this. Those two don't line up. Right. You know, what do I do with that? Well, that's what we're going to be talking about. All right. So, all right. We got this, we got a belief. We're talking about contradictions. Uh, one contradiction to our belief is our own personal behavior. We don't do what we believe. Another contradiction is these experiences that don't match up with what we believe. Well, then a third area is new information. So we believe something, but then we get some new information that doesn't line up with what we currently believe. Um, so for example, if uh, you were raised in a church that preached hard and taught hard free the free will of man, um, meaning it's all your choice, God's not involved in your choosing, it's your decision completely, uh, you know, uh, God's just going to give you an opportunity to make a choice for him or not, it's all free will. But then, I mean, if you believe that, 
And then you start studying Ephesians chapter one, and then you come across words like chosen, elect, and predestined. Uh, and now all of a sudden, those definitions and those words don't seem to line up. This new information doesn't line up with what you currently believe, you know, or vice versa. Let's say you've been taught, you know, uh, that God predestines, elects, and chooses those who He, you know, those whom He will save, and uh, you believe that heartily. But then you come across verses like "Choose you this day whom you will serve." Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, now wait a minute. Oh, you see what's happening here? Absolutely, so, I see. Right, right. So what will happen is you have a belief about something, and then you get new information, and it. Uh, it challenges that. And so now you have this emotional discomfort, you know, this confusion or, you know, maybe even doubt. And so what, what do you do with that? You know, and uh, uh, because as a believer, you know, the way you're going to learn is that you're going to have to expose yourself to new information. You know, um, let's say your view of hell has been wrong your whole life. And then you start studying the Bible about hell and you realize, oh, wait, the Bible actually doesn't say that what I believed about him, you know, go ahead. Well, and I, I, you know, I was going to say just to bring it to like a personal experience, you know, so, um, you know, I've, I've been with my wife for 23 years, uh, lovely marriage. I, you know, I I've always said, and I've had people say that, man, you could write marriage books on my wife and I's marriage. Right. So I'm going through life and, and I, you know, I, not to sound too egotistical or anything, but I pat myself on the back and say, man, you're a really good husband. You're a really good father. You know, you're, you're great in all these avenues. Right. So I had this belief of what I believed it to be or what it, what I, what I thought it meant to be this. And I'm using air quotes, perfect husband. Obviously there was only one person on the planet that was perfect, but, uh, so I had this belief system, you know, and, and so, uh, you know, we, we went through, obviously we went through a discipleship group and there was a marriage book in there and, and it kind of redefined some of the things, uh, some of the expectations of a husband. So, you know, the, the new information I, I received from that, as I began to apply that, that caused a lot of emotional discomfort. Or as I came to terms with, Hey, this portion of, of me as a husband, I need to work in this area. You know, that made me, it made me uncomfortable. Um, it made it, you know, it, it was, it was uncomfortable for a little while. Now I will say to bring it back to God uses cognitive dissonance to improve us. I will say that discomfort that I felt in my gut, while I was kind of evaluating what it meant to be a good godly husband, you know, as I kind of went through that, I kind of embraced it. You know, I felt like God was leading me in that direction. I embraced it and it was not a fun experience, but I will say that the information that I received, you know, the good godly information that I received contradicted what I had initially believed. It caused the emotional discomfort. I grabbed it and I embraced it and it has made me better. So, you know, for, for the listeners out there, you know, I just can't stress enough that when we have those feelings and when God is pushing us in those directions, just make sure to identify it as, Hey, God is using this to help improve me and then be brave enough and strong enough and have the endurance to embrace that it, you know, there new information is difficult sometimes to, to, to receive, but if it's, if it's from a godly source, then just embrace it and, and you'll see the growth. I just encourage the listeners, man, just, just bear down, embrace this thing and, and you will see growth, uh, even though it may be uncomfortable. Yeah. Uh, 
growing is always difficult. Absolutely, it is. And um, and I don't and I don't mean just growing taller because <laughs> there's no effort growing taller, right? Okay, but to grow deeper, you know, to mature, uh, it's going to be uh, it's going to be a difficult journey because there's a lot of stuff, there's a lot of beliefs that we 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 got to get rid of, uh, we got to embrace some new information got to evaluate what we believe and also evaluate the new information coming in. Okay. All right. So, so we're talking about this whole, you know, I believe this and then new information comes in. Okay. Mm -hmm. So here's, here's a cognitive dissonance thing, uh, that I've encountered, uh, three times in the last three weeks by three different people who are not connected, but it's all on the same subject. Okay. Which, and, and prior to the, the last three weeks, I probably haven't had this conversation in five years and here it is. Have had three different people, not connected to one another, talk about or bring up. If you commit suicide, you go to hell. Sure. All right. So they uh, they started with the belief. Well, if a person commits suicide, they're going to die and go to hell. And they say, Pastor, what do you think? <laughs> and I say, Well, first of all, the Bible doesn't teach that. Right. Nowhere does it teach that. And so we get into this conversation about what the Bible says about you know, the unforgivable sin, what it is, or the unpardonable sin. Um, and it's not suicide. And so we get into the nuances of what scripture says and what suicide is and isn't and all that kind of stuff and the mental illness behind it. And on and on it goes. So, um, the, um, but my point is, is that we have a belief and then somebody commits suicide and we think they go to hell. All right. But then I come along and I say, Hey, you know, I know you believe this, but what I'm telling you is, is that the Bible says this, here's some new information for you. Mm -hmm. What are you going to do with it? Okay. So in this case, actually the new information should change what you believe. And then instead of feeling bad about the person that's going to suicide, I'll, if they're a Christian, then now you can say now with that new information, your belief changes, that gap, that cognitive distance in the other person is now closed and the emotional discomfort has now turned into emotional relief. <laughs> you know what I'm Absolutely. saying? Absolutely. You know, if, if that person was a Christian. So, uh, and I don't want to get into, well, would a Christian really do that? Well, yes, they, they can. Cause do Christians sin? Yes. Okay. Yes. It, you know, but, uh, anyway, so you can see where you believe something, you have some new information and it, it impacts how you feel. So, but but if our belief is encountered with the with new information that challenges what we already believe, then um, uh, it's going to create some emotional discomfort. All right. So we're still talking about con things that contradict our belief and creates this cognitive dissonance. So we've already talked about we believe something, and our personal behavior contradicts it. We're going to have some emotional discomfort. The second one is we believe something and our experiences don't match what we believe. And then the third one we talked about is we believe something and new information comes along that challenges what we believe. Now, the fourth area deals with you have a belief, but then you have another belief and those two beliefs seem to co contradict or seem to contradict one another. Okay? This one's a little bit difficult. This one is a lot more difficult. Right. Uh, yeah. Uh, 
because there's a lot of nuances in here because I'm going to give you some examples that I find that, that they don't, they don't really conflict with one another because of how I define certain things. Okay. But however, there are some people who struggle with what I'm about to say, but you've got to think through this in order to get on the other side of it. So for, for example, a person believes in the sanctity of human life. So they are pro-life, but they also believe some abortions are necessary. Okay. So now you got two beliefs. All right. Abortion's bad, but some abortions are necessary. Ah, I got to reconcile that. Sure. You see what I'm saying? Yes. Yeah. And some people struggle with that. And so, um, some people uh, keeping the sanctity of human life thing going. Some people believe in the sanctity of human life, so they're pro-life, but also they support the death penalty. And so now, is life important or not? Okay. Sure. Now, okay. Now, for me, I don't have a cognitive dissonance on what I've just said because I've worked through all that, and you know, there's some. But again, studying the word will help close that gap. You know what I'm saying? Sure. All right. But, um, and so there are, you know, some people have two beliefs that just contradict one another and, uh, we're, we won't get into all that, you know, as we go on, but it, it's going to find the, this is where cognitive dissonance. So now here's the thing. Every Christian is experiencing all four of these all the time. You know, they've got a belief, have a personal behavior that contradicts it. They got a belief and they're, they're experiencing things that don't line up with it. You know, if they're going to church at a, at a, if they're going to a Bible teaching church for any length of time, or they're studying the Bible, they're going to, they're, their beliefs are going to be challenged with new information all the time. Yes, sir. It should be. Okay. Yep. And then you're going to constantly have, you're going to believe something and you're going to realize, and there's going to be times where it shows up, well, I believe this, but now, but also believe this. Well, how does that go together? I, I'm I'm sort of double-minded all of a sudden, you know what I'm saying? And so, uh, so what do we do with this as followers of Jesus and how do we get consistent? How do we get dependable? How do we get steady? And how, how do we reconcile this cognitive dissonance that we struggle with all the time? Well, there are answers, but the sad part about it is we're not going to get into it today. (laughs) 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 All right. So, uh, we're talking about cognitive dissonance. You have belief, contradiction, and emotional discomfort. Depending on what the belief is, depending on what the contradiction is, your emotional discomfort is going to range from all sorts of anxiety or shame or guilt or confusion, anger, doubt, worry, frustration, humiliation, depression, grief or embarrassment, and a host, and a host of others. And uh, But also the deeper the belief, now this is important, the deeper the belief, stronger the conviction that you have that's being uh, contradicted by something in your life, the more intense the emotional discomfort will be. Um, You know, for example, let's say you have a strong belief in being faithful to your spouse, but you're unfaithful. And now all of a sudden you got to deal with that. Sure. You know, I mean, you know, you think, well, how can you have a strong belief and then you get unfaithful? Well, ask the guy who had a strong belief and who was unfaithful. I mean, they'll be there out there. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it, you know, those, those sorts of things, I, I love to hear that. Well, how could this person do this? It's like, well, did you forget what we are? <laughs> did you forget what we really are? You know, it, it's like you need to spend some time evaluating what we really are. Now, I'm not giving anybody 
uh, free reign to go out here and just, Hey, I'm, I'm terrible. So I'm just going to do terrible things. That's not what I'm saying, but here's the thing. We spend entirely too much time. Okay. So it is good for us to evaluate ourselves. It is good for us to point out the areas in our life that we need to improve and the areas in which we're sinful. But I think, and, and I've been guilty of this spending too much time uh, being down on yourself and not looking it. I have, I, I've had a bad habit over the years of uh, spending more energy and focus on just how terrible I am in this spot in my life, rather than spending that same energy and focus on the improvement. So, you know, so I, I think a lot of Christians uh, struggle with that, especially when we, we have a deep belief about something, we want to spend all of our time thinking about how we're, we're not doing the things we should do instead of focusing our energy on those things that we should be doing to improve ourselves. Um, yeah. And the thing is this cognitive dissonance, when you start diving into this personally, um, this is going to require some honest evaluation. And, you know, this is not about beating yourself up. This is about, Okay, when you deal with cognitive dissonance, you are dealing with learning how to die to yourself. That's what this is. Okay. And and Jesus says you're gonna have to die daily. Mm-hmm. All right. So you're you're this is gonna and, and and at times this is gonna feel like you're dying. <laughs> okay. And uh you know, I mean I tell people all the time, you know, it's like um how do you know when you are dying to yourself? Well, it feels like it. Yes. If you don't, if you don't ever think, if you don't ever feel like you're dying to yourself, yeah, you're probably not. Right. And we need it, to keep in mind that we need to focus on and be thankful for those railroad crossing arms that God provides to us. That's the right. thing. It's like, yes, identify those areas that we need improvement, but also give thanks Hey, God, I appreciate you pointing this out to me. I'm committed to improving in this area. I may only make it an inch each day, but I'm going to win this race. I'm going to continue to die to myself. I'm going to continue to work to improve. Be thankful, you know, to God that, that he's pointing these things out. That, that's my message. It's like, look, yes, we're broken. We know that. We've got some areas in our lives that we need to, to improve on. We all know that if we're honest with ourselves. At the same time, we need to be giving thanks to God that he has, that he utilizes our guilty conscious or that cognitive dissonance to help improve us. You know, I think we miss out on that part far too often. Oh, I agree. And I think, uh, when you recognize cognitive dissonance in your life and the railroad crossing lights go off, you know, one of the things that happens when the railroad crossings go off at a railroad crossing. Uh, you know, here's what I, here's what I do. I pull up, Oh, the lights are going off. You know what I do? Turn around and go the other way. Mm, well, sometimes, sometimes, <laughs> but, uh, if I can't, uh, here's what I do. Uh, just put it in park. Sure. And I wait. Now here's the thing. When it comes to cognitive dissonance, there are times where you got to put your life in park and you got to wait. Yes, sir. All right, God what's coming down this train track that I need to be aware of. Yes. You know, and that's, what's coming... that should be our focus, right? That should yeah. absolutely be our focus. Let's, when we feel this, let's, 
let's not lean on our own understanding. Let's turn to God and say, okay, what have you got coming? What is it you're telling me? And let's really spend our energy and our time evaluating that so we can then improve it. That would be my message. Yeah. So here's the thing, cognitive dissonance. Okay. So when it comes to that train track thing, uh, that railroad crossing, when it comes to cognitive dissonance, what God is doing is he's saying, okay, if you go forward, this thing's about to destroy your life. Okay. You're about to get hurt. But here's the thing. If we sit, if we put it in park and we realize, okay, the lights are going off. God will eventually bring in front of us that train. If you will, he'll bring in front of us. Here is the issue. Here's what would have happened. I mean, he's going to show you, this is what you need to deal with. There it is in front of you. You'll see it. Absolutely. I mean, first, because here's the thing at first you feel it. Okay. Cognitive dissonance. We don't normally recognize the belief first. We don't even recognize the gap first. What we, what we normally notice is, Oh, I feel bad. You know, feel convicted, feel guilty. All right. Well, all right. That's, that's the red lights going off. That's the railroad cross going off now. Okay. Well, why am I feeling this way? What's going on? What, what, what do I believe and what did I do or what experience and why am I, and now just put it in part. Let's think about it. Let's think a little bit deeper about this. So that's what we're trying to do through this podcast, at least on cognitive distance is to get you aware <laughs> of the flashing red lights of the railroad track to get you to put your life in park, get you to think a little bit deeper, put your phone down, turn off the TV, think about what God's saying to you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, what a, uh, what a great, great message and a great example. It's like, if, if, if the listener takes nothing else from this, it's like, okay, I've got this in front of me. Let me just put it in park and have a conversation with God. I, I love, I love that. I love that. Okay. So, um, all right. So in the next podcast, part two of cognitive dissonance, uh, we are going to dive deeper into those four expressions of cognitive dissonance that we just walked through. And, uh, um, and then we're hopefully we'll be able to get into how should we respond uh, to this? Because there, there, there's really about four or five ways that people respond to cognitive dissonance. Four of them are bad. There's only wow. one. Yeah. Wow. Sure. And usually we do the, one of the we do one of the other four. Okay. You, sure. and, and when we unpack that, you know, you and I and the listeners will go, Oh my word, I do that. Oh my goodness. You know, because our natural tendency is to do the other four, not the one God, because the one that God wants us to do requires dying to yourself. And we fight that all the time. And uh, we would rather do anything rather than die to ourselves. So, uh, Anyway, all right. Well, Billy, uh, we're going to go ahead and end it there. And uh, man, if you've made it this far in the podcast, uh, this must be talking to you. And uh, I hope it's been a blessing to you. I hope it's been insightful and giving you something to think about. And uh, our goal for the podcast is really to release one about every two weeks. Uh, that just really depends on people's schedule and everything else and technical difficulties. And uh, that we are learning how to handle around here. So, uh, Anyway, until next time, uh, just kind of pay attention to what you believe how, and, and what's contradicting it and how you feel about it and how you respond uh, with that. So until next time, man, God bless you.
Thank you for listening. This has been Conversations. If you enjoyed this podcast, we'd love for you to click subscribe and leave us a great review. And to find out more about Genesis Church, please visit www.genesisbegins.com.